Too True to Lie with Harry Day. It is 1 a.m. Mm, April 4th, 2020. And I'd been listening to some music while doing some research on the computer. And a song came on that gave me an idea for a great show. Uh, you know, it it might be great. <laughs> All I did, all I really did as far as research was read through the story one time on Wikipedia. So we'll see how great it turns out. It's, it's about something that a lot of people may have heard about one or two times in their life, but really it's not on many people's mind. It happened during World War II in Los Angeles. And the song I was listening to was about the L.A. riots. And I thought, I'd, you know, I was thinking maybe I could, you know, play a bit of that song as an intro and an outro. I don't know, as far as the music goes with the show. Usually, typically, I, I use Sublime. And I was listening to Sublime, and, that's, and the riot song came on. And so I thought I'd look up and see if there was, you know, something I could used for the show, and there was just so much info. And, and, you know, a lot of it was on TV Live and the people that were hurt and all the fire. You know, it was a big riot in, in uh, April, end of April 1992. But on a page of Los Angeles riots, there was more than one riot in Los Angeles. Well, actually, there were lots of riots in Los Angeles, in the history of Los Angeles, but there were three main riots. And, uh, you know, the 1992 riots, the Rodney King riots, are, are the most well-known because they're in our lifetime, you know, in my generation. But back in 1965, they had the Watts riots, which was a uh, part of Los Angeles downtown area, Watts. And the Watts riots were a series of riots in that neighborhood and flowing out that followed an arrest for a drunk driver. And I'm not going to get into that because that's not the riots I want to talk about either. And those riots were on TV and mostly in black and white, um, you know, in the mid-60s. 
on the news, you only had a few station, stations to watch. You didn't have 24-hour news stations. But the, <clears throat> the riots that I want to talk about took place in 1943 in Los Angeles um, on Main Street and in that area and in, um, in the Mexican-American part of town right, out, right outside of downtown. And what led up to this happening is kind of blamed, A, on racism, <laughs> because there was a lot of racism. It wasn't just in the South, people. It was in northern cities. It was out west in the cities. Los Angeles had, I mean, people just didn't like those that weren't like them. It was like that around the world. Um, I mean, in the 40s, Take the Germans, for instance. They they not only disliked people of color, they didn't like homosexuals. They didn't like Jewish people, obviously. They didn't like gypsies. Uh, they attacked Russia and, and France and Great Britain. So, uh, in fact, they, they really just liked blonde, hair, blue-eyed people. But uh, not talking about that. We don't want to get into that. Nazism. Um, but, you know, we don't condone any kind of racism here in the Big Black River studio. We love all races, all people, all individuals until they prove themselves worthy of dislike. And that would be in an individual fashion. But there was a series of riots that uh, were fueled by um, individual fights and brawls in the streets and in movie theaters between Mexican-Americans and what mostly started out as um, Navy, Marine personnel and a little bit of, of, of the other armed forces, but mostly naval and marine personnel because they, the government built a naval base right in the middle of a, a, a poorer Mexican-American district of Los Angeles. And so here we are in World War II. It's 1943, so we're a good year and a half into the war. Maybe a little more. I mean, we didn't get into the war until the very end of 41, as far as fighting in the Pacific Theater and fighting Japan, the Empire of Japan. But when we hit the 40s, we were still in a 10-year-long depression in the United States, if not the world, really. And... You know, the U.S. government was doing everything it could to get Americans back to work, to get men to work. And so they were funding all the, you know, building up national debt, yes. Not like today. Not trillions 
like it is today, but millions back then, and it probably led to a billion after the war, by the war's end. But, you know, we're, we're going into 1941, and the war put a lot of people to work. But at the same time, we're pulling out of this depression, and there was there was rationing going on. You had rations on sugar, you had rations on fuel, you had rations on um, certain foodstuffs, and you had rations on fabric. Who would have ever thought that fabric rationing would lead to riots? But the Zoot Suit Riots were a real thing in the summer of 1943 in Los Angeles. And it actually was, was all across the country in five or six other cities where we had race-related riots because of <laughs> fabric rationing. A lot of suits were made of wool back back then. You know, so were... So were um, uniforms, naval uniforms, uh, army uniforms, marine uniforms. There was a lot of wool, especially for the winter uniforms or the cold climate uniforms. Excuse me. Oh, you know what that calls for. It's time for our Arizona green tea break. Man, that's good tea. I still hadn't heard back from them to, uh, you know, what, what what is it? Put ads on my show? to Not to fund my show. To fund my thirst. What do you call it? I'm always, there's, it, it's like, what was Jim Morrison's quote? That he was a, he was a clown who was sure to blow it at the most crucial moment on purpose. This is not on purpose, but it seems like at the moment that I need a word, and I know a lot of words, I'm well read, I'm educated, I write, but I guess as we get older, we, we can't remember everything. And I cannot remember the word I wanna say when someone advertises their product sponsor ah sponsor still hadn't received any word on Arizona tea sponsoring my show uh worldwide listened to by individuals in probably about 16 countries around the world almost every continent still hadn't pulled one from uh, South America yet so maybe it's this whole maybe this this uh, Mexican American riot, zoot suit riot episode will will bring them in because no because because <laughs> no because because really they were flaunting their fabric and the military personnel took it as a slight. They took it as an affront upon. American exceptionalism and the war effort because a zoot suit was a suit and it was a suit that P. 
people in the poorer communities, not only Mexican-Americans, but also African-Americans, Italian-Americans, and Filipino-Americans, the younger generations wore these zoot suits to stand out from their poor sectors of big cities. And zoot suits were these broad-shouldered coats, often bright colors, sometimes pinstripe or black, but these suits, these coats that they wore went as far down as their knees. So it was excessive material. The pants were baggy, covered their shoes, cuffed, I believe. They usually wore pork pie hats that matched the suits, ties, long, long watch chains or keychains. It was look. And, uh, you know, a lot of people followed the, the rationing that the governments and the states pushed because we were recycling everything in World War II. We were recycling steel. We were recycling tires and rubber. Um, we were recycling other metals, although there weren't as many metals. I mean, obviously copper, but there wasn't a lot of aluminum out there pre-World War II. World War II kind of brought aluminum into the uh, mainstream. But this fabric stuff, you know, soldiers from all over the, men from all over the country would go to certain um, camps, training camps, before they were shipped to the uh, European or Pacific theater of war, of battle, of combat where life got turned up on side up on his head if you've ever read about combat you know the the veterans say there's nothing like it you'll never forget it you know it's it's where men become beasts because that's what you got to do to survive well the, these men young men from all over the country were going to these uh bases where they'd never been before. People were coming off the farms in small towns. And the ones that went to this naval base in downtown Los Angeles in the Mexican district, you know, they would they would get leave to go, you know, watch movies or go to uh go out to eat or just to go walk around or go go drink beer or, or whatever. They'd walk around and they'd see these these hipsters were in these zoot suits. And they knew that there was rationing going on all across the country. Um, women's dresses design changed. Men's suits designs changed because of the rationing of material. Because they had to make uniforms. And they had to make millions of uniforms. And they took offense. A lot of these men took offense to these these other men their age flaunting their suits in the streets of Los Angeles. And uh in this Mexican uh barrio as they call it. Let me see if I can find the name of it. There was a naval reserve armory in the Chavez Ravine. 
which was a Hispanic area of Los Angeles. And there were lots of zoot suiters, but there were lots of sailors that would go into town from the Naval, Naval Reserve. And the zoot suiters were, some of them were, were gang, gang involved. And, you know, all of them were machismo men. And, and men back in those days fought. No one pulled pistols. Everybody fought with their hands and their fists and their feet. That, you know, that was kicking too. And um, altercations would break out between zoot suiters and sailors, mostly, over the material ordeal, but also a little bit, you know, it's said here, and this can't be gospel because it's I'm reading on the internet, and it's um <clears throat> it's uh, Wikipedia, which is written and edited by people like you and me, although it is uh, passed through certain filters to make sure it's somewhat accurate or at least inclusive. And uh, leading up to the Zoot Suit Riots, there was something known that happened in the Los Angeles area called the Sleepy Lagoon Murder, where a young Latino man was killed by several other men. And a small riot broke out in that part of Los Angeles and where, you know, news covered it and small riots in Latino districts broke out, just small riots, nothing, nothing big and bad like the Zoot Suit riots or the riots we know of today, but just like, you know, gangs of people going up the street, you know, causing, causing havoc, but it happened in Chicago and San Diego and Oakland and Philadelphia and New York City in some place called Evansville, which I don't know where that is offhand. And so that that put tension in the air. Um, a lot of Mexican Americans were deported leading into World War II because of uh, the rationing of food and material. And, you know, having to feed all the soldiers and having to get food to go around for Americans and those that had been born and raised in this country, a lot of immigrants, and they say numbers from a half million to two million Mexican Americans and others, it says. So people, I guess they just wanted to kick out. Or maybe they were just Filipino or Italian or looked Mexican or whatnot. But half a million to two million people were sent to Mexico when World War II kicked off. And then, of course, uh, what was it 80,000, 40,000, 100,000 Japanese people were put in uh, internment camps, or whatever you call it, detainment camps, for a while. And that was actually something that the government felt bad about and apologized for, although there was no apology over these zoot suit riots from what I've read. So, we're coming out of the Great Depression. Lots of Mexicans have been deported, but you still have a big population of Mexican-Americans in Los Angeles. And a lot of the youth and the, and the younger men in their 20s, maybe even in their 30s, were still wearing their zoot suits 
which were these ridiculous, look it up, ridiculous looking suits. You know, they, cartoons, Bugs Bunny cartoons would, would bring them in every once in a while. And there's, there's a band, I can't think of the name of the band, but they have a song called Zoot Suit Riot. They're a big swing band and they're, all, they're a fantastic band. Um, they play stuff like Brian Setzer music, like he plays. He was with the Stray Cats and he does big band swing. He's amazing. But so you have this the sailors going into town and it what happened first let me find it here a uh small group of sailors went into town on leave and there were some uh Latina ladies on the sidewalk across the street from where they were walking and all but one of the sailors went over there to talk to them. And they were talking and two zoot suiters on the uh, near side of the street where this one sailor stayed picked a fight with this second class seaman named Joe Coleman. And they knocked him out. They hit him in the back of the head during a ruckus. And and then Zoot Suiters started giving the other guys across the street a hard time, and they had to fight their way across the street, pick up their sailor friend that was knocked out, and, and get back to base. They were kind of chased back to base. And that pretty much ticked off all the sailors on base. And so another group, a few days later, went into town and they started picking fights and they started beating up zoot suitors and the LAPD showed up and they broke it up but they didn't file any charges or complaints against the sailors and then the next day 200 sailors and 20 taxi cabs went into East Los Angeles, the center of the Mexican-American settlement, spotted a group of zoot suiters and assaulted them with clubs, stripped their zoot suits off of them and burned them in the street. The zoot suits, not the, not the people. And everywhere they saw anyone in zoot suits, they did the same thing. And so, word got out that and a little misinformation got out that, that Zoot Suiters were out starting picking fights, which they did start the first fight. And they were flaunting their bit Zoot Suits and not, you know, there were lots of Mexican Americans and Latino, Latinos that fought World War II. Lots of them. More than there were Zoot Suiters. But uh, the Zoot Suiters really ticked off the sailors. So over the next few days after the 200 sailor brawl going through East LA, thousands of servicemen, and, and, and they were all white, and they were joined by residents. They started walking the streets of the edges of these Mexican uh, parts of town. And any zoot sort of they... Uh, encountered they beat them up stripped the suits off of them and burned them or ripped them apart 
One group went into a, a, a theater where they were screening a movie, had had the owners turn the lights on, they grabbed any zoot suitors they found, they took one of them up to the front, up on the in front of the screen, stripped off his zoot suit, and peed on it. <laughs> Which is vulgar. But, you know, I'm not condoning it. It was it was just the times. And that's not right. And it might not be wrong, you know, because it wasn't just one side. It was both sides. And you, and you may not like my, my opinion on this, but it wasn't a one-sided deal. It was a two-sided deal. You know, I mean, you had, you had young Machissimo, you know, zoot suitors flaunting, you know, these, these uh, gosh, were they laws? They really were laws, but they weren't jailable offenses when it came to rationing. But it was, it was a war. It was a world war. And and everyone had to do their part in the war effort. I mean, after the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor, just kidding, after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, for a little while, the West Coast thought they would be invaded. And there were Japanese submarines shooting torpedoes into harbors, onto beaches, sinking ships offshore. I mean, the war was right there at the doorstep. Same as the East Coast and in the Gulf. You had German submarines. I mean, war was at the door. And it was, you know, it, if you if you hear love it or leave it now, living in those days then, everybody loved it. And, it, and you got your butt kicked or you got kicked out if you didn't. And that's just how it was. But the the Zoot Suit riots <laughs> were basically, and people will say it was it was it was racism. But the catalyst was <laughs> was the suit. As ridiculous as it sounds, the catalyst was over the uh, rationing of material of clothing material. And if you weren't doing your part and joining most men, there were there were men who committed suicide if they were uh deemed 4F, which meant they were they were deemed unworthy of service in the armed forces. And they were these these boys, these these young men were so devastated, they would kill themselves if they couldn't go. It was a real thing. That was, you know, World War II was the age where Hollywood actors, you know, people that were world famous, stopped making movies and went to war. Some of them became movie stars after. Some of them, like James Stewart, was a movie star before. And his whole look, his whole, uh, gosh, another loss of word here, he he did a lot of lighter characterizations in his acting and then in world war 2 he became he joined the air force and was uh trained as a bomber pilot 
and they wouldn't send him on missions at first, and so he would stow away as a gunner. And they were trying to get him to stop. And he's like, listen, I'm just going to keep doing it. You may as well let me fly. And so they were like, okay. And he flew bombing missions, lots of bombing missions over uh, France and Germany. And when he came back, because he knew a lot of people that never came back, he was real good at doing uh, more disturbed and or darker characters in his acting. It's noticeable if you look at the dates of the movies he was in. I love old movies. I've always watched old movies, especially westerns and war movies, but I'm a man. I'm not into the, you know, Gidget and, and movies and the love stories and just the schmoozy stuff. It's not my thing. <sighs> I've tangented out from the Zoot Suit riots. But they really went down in the summer of 1943. But it, but it also happened in Mobile, Alabama. I mean... White soldiers and and patriots, as bad as this sounds, you know, soldiers, sailors, marines, not only in Los Angeles, they went into places like Mobile, Alabama, Beaumont, Texas, Detroit, you know, several areas of uh, California, a little bit of Arizona and Texas, because there were a lot of Mexican-Americans there at the time, or immigrants. They just saw they saw it as unpatriotic and and un-American and anti-American and you know you think you hear people talking about it now. You know it was red, white, and blue to the core. All the way into the '60s, when I would say slackers on drugs kind of changed it. But a lot of good came from that. You know, a lot of peace, a lot of acceptance. You had to go through a lot of BS to to get rid of this racism stigma that, that this country was stuck in. You know, we're, we're more inclusive than nearly every country on this planet, besides maybe England and France, maybe. Because I've learned in the Far East that the Japanese looked down on the Chinese, the Chinese looked down on the Japanese, Japanese looked down on the Koreans, Koreans looked down on all of them. They all looked down on each other and they can all tell each other apart. They all looked down on the, the far Southeast like Vietnam and, and Cambodia and Indonesia. They, they, they see themselves as superior. I think the Japanese see themselves as the most superior of the uh, Asian, Eastern Asians. But that has nothing to do with zoo suits. <laughs> I can cut it here at 30 minutes. Why not, you know? Make it easy. Put in a song at the end. Maybe a new ending. We have a minor amount of stats, statistics, that I'll run down real, real quick to summarize this. The Zoot Suit Riots mainly took place for five days, June 3rd to June 8th, 1943, during the war, while we were still trying. Did we have a win? Did we have Midway by then in 1943? I'm not sure. I think Midway was before June 1943, where we turned the tides. Took place in Los Angeles, Los Angeles County. 
The parties of civil conflict were American servicemen, mostly sailors, and white residents versus zoot suitors, which would have mainly been Mexican-American younger men. There were zoot suit women. They had a name for them. That, what was the name for them? Pachinas, maybe? Or it's Pachucos and Pachinas? Where is it? Pachucos were the men, and Pachucas were the women. And they had their own slang. They were a cultural hybrid. They were hipsters. They were probably pretty cool. It, 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 was, a mus- it was a music thing before the war. And an individualism type style. That became non-individualistic when everybody was wearing it, right? The just ridiculous suits. It had to have been hot. Of course, it's not real hot on the coast of... of California, but you go inland and it gets hot. You know, in June, you go 10 miles inland, it's hot. Um, there were an estimated 150 injuries in the riots, like major injuries, not just lumps on the head or black eyes or busted noses. 500 individuals were arrested, 500 or more, mostly Latinos because the police department was white. The sailors were white. The uh, locals that wanted to get in on it, civilians were white, mainly. Um, That doesn't mean that the injuries were just on one-sided, though, because uh, the zoot suitors could fight. I mean, the Mexican-Americans that went in the war, they fought. They won as many medals as white Americans did. You know, they they say uh, minorities won as many medals and citations or whatever during World War II as Caucasian or white service members because they were proving themselves worthy and they took more risks. So, what have we learned? Don't wear stupid overclothed suits and pick fights with soldiers and you won't have your first major riot in Los Angeles which may have had nothing to do with the 1965 riots 22 years later or the 1992 riots 29 years later <laughs> I'm guessing now I don't know how, how old was I in 1992 I was 23 so it would have been 27 years later, roughly. Yep. And the next riots, you know. Who knows what the next riots will be. Ferguson is the re- most recent riot I can think of outside of... Uh, outside of... Uh, it was in West St. Louis, the Ferguson riots. They rioted in their own neighborhoods and burned their own neighborhood stores down. I can't even remember what it was over. It was over uh, St. Skittles, the Skittle... The kid who had a hoodie on and was was casing people's apartments or condos or whatever and got stopped by a security guard and he ran up and attacked the security guard and was beating the stew out of him and it was witnessed and the guy had a pistol and pulled it and shot shot the 
kid off of them, and it killed them. And it caused a lot of grief around the country. But there were witnesses that saw this kid on top of this younger, this young security guard, and he was going to beat his face in. Because he was, with the pictures of him, he was, he was puffed out, beef, beat up. I don't know his name. A friend of mine called him Saint Skittles because it was he was being ironic and sarcastic. Anyway, we don't want riots. We want you to uh, get along. We condone the intermingling of the races and the melting pot that is the United States, even though the media will try to make it sound like it's not. You know, I live in a town that's, I think they... They say it's 80% black, maybe 2% Latino, maybe 5% Latino, and the rest white. And I live outside of town in the country. I go into town. I've been here almost five years, four years. I have yet to have a negative experience. And I would, I would say that the slightest negative experience that I would have ever had, that I could have had, that I've had in Jackson or in the Delta, was where I got yelled at by a minority for just being white. You know, just because they had had anger from the past or whatever, you know. I don't try to blame anybody for anything unless I see, a, see them do wrong. And even then, you might not want to blame them because they might want to beat your face in or they might shoot you these days. You know, people... people the. The last nugget of wisdom I'm going to give tonight is don't mess with people that have nothing to lose. If you've got more to lose than them, you best not back yourself in a corner. You best not mess. Because they ain't got nothing to lose. They may have already been to jail a couple of times and don't care if they go back. You know, have you been to jail? I've, I've been to jail overnight for misdemeanors in college and that was it you know I haven't stabbed anybody okay tangent it out again let's wet my whistle before I say the five letter magic word honky nah it's not honky peace uh-oh. Ha. I can't turn it off yet because my phone blacked out. Now it's almost 40 minutes. I, I blabbed for seven, eight minutes when I could have cut it. But if you're, if you're a fan and you like long shows, I blabbered on into a longer show. I've gotten good at that. Anyway, I love everybody out there. I want you to love your friends and family. Tell them you love them. Don't go give them hugs and kisses just yet. We're still under quarantine. I'm not under quarantine. I went to a catfish fry tonight, but there's only four of us. <laughs> Plus two kids. Anyway, you know the drill. You know the routine. We talk about the negative stuff just so we can learn to be positive, right? Stay positive, and the love will come back to you and me. Peace! National Guard! Smoke!